welcome back to the helping hand thank you for being so patient with the interviews and stuff over the last couple of weeks it's obviously been kind of strenuous to kind of meet people and stuff but ross contacted me a couple of weeks ago about his story so i'm going to introduce ross and he's going to tell you his story and we'll go from there so welcome ross to the helping hand cheers Ziggy. thanks for having me pleasure um so tell me talk to me what's what happened so what? where do i start um so basically uh Firstly, fair play to you for what you're doing with your page. Thank you. It's great. Um, I'd say a year or two ago, I've been the person saying, you and others doing what you did online, Matt. It wouldn't have been for me. Yeah. I've been criticizing people for it. Um, and then obviously, as I've tried to get a handle on all that's going on with me, mm. um, I realize what you're doing is great to try to get the word out there and help people. Um, obviously, my story, I'm 23 now. Um, Mine's been a weird one. I, um, where did I start? Probably when I was 19, um, things started to fall out of place. I dropped out of ECD. Um, I broke up with a girl I was going out for two years. Um, I gave up rugby. Okay. Um, was anything kind of starting starting this off, was anything triggering you to break up with a girlfriend or finish the rugby or drop out of college or? Um, to be honest, uh, people are close to me, obviously her and others just, I I even found myself just, my motivation was low, I was being a horrible person, um, like hitting the drink hard, drugs, um, kind of not training for my rugby like I would have been, okay. if I got an injury instead of getting back in three weeks I kind of really enjoy not playing and okay. be six or seven weeks and um, college I hated it, I wouldn't even go in most of the time. And then, um, obviously after all that, people close to me start to realize there's an issue or two. I was like getting hammered on nights out or going on sessions for a few days, um, which wouldn't have been like me before. Um, and then it went on from there. Everything kind of got out of hand. So after I dropped out of college, I, I'd be mad at the sport. My parents and brothers and others, I, my motivation to play sport, get out of bed, wasn't there. Um, I was probably drinking five, six days a week. Um, but you see, this was kind of normal for like for us in college and not being yeah. college. Like I'm a dropout as well. So you're going out as much as your friends are going out or your different groups are going out. So it does all just add into one. So yeah, five, six 100%. Days yeah, so I could kind of cover it a bit because there'd be a few nights I wouldn't be hammered. And, um, I'd be pretty outgoing, so like a lot of people who didn't know me well wouldn't believe it when I tell them I was struggling. Um, a few of my close friends just could see a change in me, and then uh, probably, what was it then, 19, 20? Probably as I got into my 20, and if I was getting more out, into my 20s, I was getting more out of hand. Um, I was really down, I put on a lot of weight, and I basically, to be honest, I was hating my life. Um, so the first thing we did I finally sorry I, just step back there a second when you're saying you're right five six nights a week are you drinking like spirits and beer you mixing all the kind of stuff on top of taking cocaine or is there lot, what type of drugs was um, involved yeah it was cocaine only and it would have been probably two nights a week I would have been doing cocaine and then the five nights, I'd say four of them be heavy, one might okay. not be. 
like it was nearly be eaten during the day drinking and stuff yeah, yeah. Um, which obviously as you said when you're mixed in college you can kind of like at 19 first year college people don't really think that much of it until they start to see out of hand or KO'd or needing help getting home and then my mum grabbed me aside and just said Ross like what's up and tried to talk to me and I'd be awful for talking yeah, yeah, leave yeah. me alone um, then she finally said I don't think you're alright I probably I think I burst out crying in front of her um, right. so for so, you that was kind of like a rock bottom as such yeah it was, I wasn't in a good place at all yeah. and then she got me to see a psychiatrist uh, and what I then did was I kind of went to him, didn't tell him the truth about things because I just wanted to forget about everything and keep lying and lying and I didn't really want to tell anyone what my issue was and then uh, after what was it probably going to him six or seven times maybe once a week for six seven weeks nothing was changing right. my parents said something needs to be done properly so um i got an appointment with dr o'gara in john okay. um he just had a look at me and he, i told him my story and he basically just told me you're so out of it in terms of you're in a fantasy world the you've been drinking the last year or so and until you get rid of the drink and the substance to cope you then we can have a look see what your mental health's like yeah um so he then asked me so i got coach rugby in gonzaga and this was in around february and it was probably a month to finish up on that so i had, I'd arranged i think on like the 17th or 18th of march just after paddy's day i'd go in and do five weeks of a rehab program in Donegal's. Um, and was that was that kind of was that living in Donegal's, or was that in and out, like living home, like and then going into Donegal's, or no, that was all inpatient. Okay. He just said I so passed the level of an outpatient. Okay. Um, my mood was so low. My substance use was like crazy. Level, yeah. yeah, and. Um, I then went in and I got the hump basically after a day and a half because they were telling me I was an alcoholic this and giving me labels and to be honest I was so in, I don't know, I was in such a horrible place I actually didn't want to listen, I didn't even want to know what was wrong with me, I nearly just wanted to run from everything so I signed myself out after on the second night, left and went straight back in the piss and then yeah, obviously parents devastated, brothers devastated. Um, before I went in, I told, uh, we have a good group of friends, I'd say a WhatsApp group around maybe 15 of us, around seven or eight of the lads and around five or six, seven of the girls. I decided, you know what, I'll tell them what's going on. I said, listen, I'm struggling mentally. I'm probably building up a few addictions and I need to get my stuff sorted they all wished me well or whatever and then obviously for them it was devastating that I'm back out and they see me drunk in town two nights later I just packed it in um, I wanted none of it then it went on for another few months of so my family didn't know what to do they were worried about me I got to see a new psychiatrist um, and at this stage you know you hit 
technically to say you hit a rock bottom as such because you've signed yourself out in that moment was that kind of I want to drink I want the drugs I want that life back or was it I actually can't deal with life without that um, yeah that, that's where the question was okay. even in rehab I knew myself it was my I was just so depressed but I, it was something about the pride of saying that. Yeah, the the Yeah, yeah, maybe the stigma, more my ego. I just, I don't want to tell people that's what I'm struggling with, so I'll just, short-term solution, get pissed and then forget about it. And as my brother, I remember my brother would sit me, like I'd have loads of chats with my family, they're obviously, like they're trying to live their own lives and I'd be coming in the door at four in the morning and not getting out of bed. Yeah. They knew this wasn't me. And my brother even told me, you've gone from being having a lot of things going for you, doing a lot of things in your life, you just, you're now the class clown, you just get to piss six days a week. Yeah. And it was obviously rough for them, and my parents, uh, and friends, like I, awful, like, you'd wake up, I'd have no recollection of what I was doing, but they all knew I was struggling, and I just wouldn't take any help from anyone. Um, I then did another year of coaching while on the piss, and um, this just went on in circles, to be honest. And then when I hit, what was I, 21. Actually, yeah, my 21st birthday, I had a few people up to the house. Um, two of my friends organized a gig in the house. And then I decided that night from speaking to one or two of them, screwed, I'll actually go in and go into rehab or at least go see, uh, go into Pat's and try get assessed and see what's happening. Okay. And at this stage, I've kind of half calmed down the drinking, but still going on mad sessions now and then, but not five days a week. And then the thing that definitely changed, definitely changed how my life was going. I'm far from perfect. I, like even of late, I've been drinking the odd time, getting pissed or having, I get loads a lot. But um, Dr. Farron from Pats, I went to see as an outpatient. Right. And they did a four-hour assessment on a Thursday and a four-hour assessment on a Friday. They go through your whole past. They're, they're really good. And he then basically broke to me. He said, yeah, listen, you've been severely depressed since you were 13. When he, because I had to, you have to talk and talk through your whole life, basically. Um, which is obviously rough to take, yeah. but it kind of, not that it made anything I had done any better, it kind of made sense to my family at least and friends that right okay. there definitely was some underlying issue Trigger. why he was being sure. such a dick basically <laughs> yeah. um, I don't remember you being a dick just let, let's yeah. put that out there <laughs> well that is, that is the other thing about like one of the reasons I want to come on here is a lot of people don't like so I've been suffering since I was 13 but I would have had a lot of things going for me I wouldn't be a shy person yeah. I'm also a rare case I've no form of anxiety which apparently is rare if you, for if you're in severe depression, you normally have anxiety with it. I don't, so I wouldn't get anxious in a social place, or um, you wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be your typical. Not that there is a typical. That's the stigma, but yeah. no one really knows what's going on. It's just the people, the people close to me, and then when people see me in the state I was, if I was drunk or out with, you'd have an idea. Um, so then, when I after that, uh, Doctor Parent just told me listen you're gonna have to do the inpatient program um, and he put me on a dual diagnosis program it's called so that's tackling depression mainly but it's also if you've crossed the border with your substance okay. 
like my substance use is just a disgrace the amount I was drinking and doing drugs and, um, so I went in and did that stuck it out this time and how long was that? For the fuck? That was five weeks. Actually, it ended up being six weeks. Okay. Um, so I didn't have to do a detox because I had calmed down. I hadn't really drank much leading up to it. Okay. But like. Your body was probably ready for a rest, to be honest. I'd say like. Yeah. The problem is my depression was so bad that it, I didn't even want the drink or the drugs. Okay. It just be I need something to get me out of this, okay. even if it's a gamble. I'll put a big punt on a horse, something to give me a buzz, or something okay. to get my mind off. Um, which is horrible when you think about it. Um, and I, yeah, there's, sorry, there's probably a few things. Before all that happened, I kind of skipped through a bit. Like, I was really low, and like, I see other people struggling, and obviously, they struggle to talk about it, so I want to respond to this. Like, like, I, so when I first met Dr. Fire, after I found out about my depression, he put me on medication. And very strong medication, which just kind of gets you to, they try, they say it gets you to a place where then you can kind of try to get your life going. It doesn't fix you or change it. Yeah. It gives you a boost. And then I kind of found myself like two days a week maybe was all right, and I was still having these horrible lows. I couldn't struggle to get out of bed, didn't want to do any exercise. Um, I have around 40 WhatsApp messages and I just ignored them. I couldn't talk to people. Um, I didn't want anything to do with anyone. Uh, I was horrible to live with. And then, obviously, there'd be falling, like, I found myself living in hotels for a bit, because obviously my parents or my family didn't want me in the house because I was such a horrible person to live with. And then, I just found myself doing crazy things, like I was normalizing everything, so like, I, I'd wake up in a hotel room hungover and I'd be like, oh, I need a boost, so I'd just take six of my tablets. And they might be whatever, 100 milligrams. Like, that's very dangerous for you. Um, and I'd do other mad things. I'll, I'll just go for the bookies and put a huge bet on a horse. Cause I just want something. I don't care if it wins, I just want something to get me out of this low. Um, and it did get serious for a bit. Like, I, I was rushed to Vincent's by. Peter, my brother, my mum took me because I, I, I just overdosed on my prescribed meds. I took loads of them, and that was the turning point to when I finally just caved and had a few breakdowns and just literally told my family I was struggling so much. And I probably, as Doctor Parent says, like he talks about different things. Was that a suicide attempt? Maybe, but. I definitely wanted to die. I don't know if I had the actual nerve to take my own life. Like, I was awful. And that's one scenario. There's other scenarios um, of doing stuff like that. Um, when I finally caved and took the help, the difference it made for me uh, Pats. So I went into St. Pats. Um, I actually told. I told a few of my friends again, I'm going in, this time I will stick it out, and I did. Um, Fair play, well done. Yeah, that was probably the biggest step, yeah. like, because even when I was leaving my mum, my mum and my dad brought me in, and, like, my mum, 
my mum, I put my mum through awful stuff for the last three years leading up to this and all she wanted me to do was get myself better and she'd yeah. be better. That obviously hurt watching going into rehab and watching the state she was yeah. in. And, like, I remember just telling her this time I will stick it out. Um, and looking back on it now, do you, know, do you feel do you feel ashamed of what you did or do you think of it as a life lesson? Sorry, that's a, no. it's a, a bit of a purple uh, question, but... It's funny, but uh, we were talking about this recently uh, with a few lads. Now, if I had the option, I'd love to go back and change it because of what I did to people who were close to me. So, like... Um, like, this thing, like, I've lost friendships that I'll never get back, which is completely my fault. Um, some of the things I put people through, like the relationship I had, my relationship with my family, my best friends. Some of my best friends got to the stage where, like, they're saying, Ross, I've literally given up on you. I don't even enjoy spending time with you anymore. We don't know if you're going to be hammered or not. Um, a lot of them didn't know how to help when they found out I had my depression. And then, uh, yeah, I'll be honest, they say have no regrets or like it's learning, but the problem with it is, especially when you add in substance, you can do things that like, I've done things out of my mind that I go, well at least they know, I, like back, back a few years ago I was ah well at least they know I was pissed or I was, but you still did it, so yeah, yeah. you still have to take ownership for what you've done and I've done some horrible things like stuff. I actually, I did therapy in rehab and that was the hardest thing to, they take you back, they ask you what's the 10 worst things you've done to different people and they take you back through. When you actually, when you're sober, yeah, yeah. and when you think about it, it's shocking. Um, then where I my rehab was, it was actually unbelievable to be honest. Like when I first came in, the nurse showed me around and showed me my room and I, I was going, only because I promised my mum I'd stay, I'm staying, but this was like, I can't even describe it. Fair or beautiful? No, horrible. Oh, okay, because yeah, yeah. it was true. No, no. Uh, Bed, table. Yeah, just, and because of what I had, like the problem with me is as well, is I'm not, thankfully I'm not like it now, but I was going into rehab, the first time especially, even the second time you're going, well my life's fine and I'm not like this junkie, and that it sounds bad to say, but that is what yeah. was going on in my head. And I'm too, I'm better than these people. And then as you get into the program and you get your counselor, who was great, Siobhan, mine and Pat's, uh, she, like I had breakdowns in there, she, the therapy makes you realise how low you are. So like, I was suicidal for probably a few months. Yet to me, I normalised the. Okay. I'm still grand. Like I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I still have a cool family and I have a few friends and I. You can do what you want. Yeah, and all's fine with me. And you try normalise everything. And until someone gets down to the bottom, of you you realise it's shocking. Yeah. Um, and it hit, what hit me hard the most was you've no control. So the acceptance for me was the the hardest part. Going, Ross, you weren't in control of it. You're in control of the awful things you did to people, but you weren't in control of, like, you didn't choose to have depression. 
Um, I still, one thing that still gets me now is how much different would my life have been if I didn't have to deal with it. You don't really know. Um, but that's one thing to anyone. Obviously, when I came on to you, I said so many people are struggling with these things. Yeah. I hate doing stuff like this. I, I'm awful for opening up and talking to people. But I said if I don't do it, no one else will. Um, like there's so many people. There's so many people I get to meet and see that I can tell they're struggling, but yeah. only because I'm looking at it from my end that I've been there. Sure. And then even me now with all I've been through, I don't know how to say it to them or ask them yeah. or see if they're doing all right. Yeah. Um, and that's why stuff like this and what you're doing is great. But well, would you now, would you now kind of, if you're with the lads and you know, you're all out of the piss or whatever and people are dibbling dabbling with drugs and whatever in that moment in time are you uncomfortable or are you like thankful of what you can you've kind of gathered and all the information that you've learned from being in rehab to say do you know what i actually don't want anything i can refuse it or do you have to leave uh it's probably on my uh i'm still in the middle of it so okay. i could have days where i have a few beers um people with me think oh this Ross is back or whatever yeah and then I could have I could wake up one day and all I'm thinking is all I want to do is die I'm so okay. low and I'll go drinking and I'll get hammered and then they go oh, Ross is back okay. it doesn't really bother me what's in front of me okay. so I more drink to escape my head opposed okay. to I don't wake up and ever feel like drinking a, or having alcohol okay. or drugs um, and now I uh, going on your question now I one thing I kind of promised myself I'd never be is I'm not going to be one of these people who, because I've had my struggles, I'll come out and tell everyone, ah, you shouldn't be doing that, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, there's a lot of people who will have good nights out, will have a crazy enough time. Yeah. But they're completely in control of their emotions and yeah. they might work Monday to Friday, go wild Friday, Saturday, recover Sunday and back out, that's their life. Yeah. No, I don't have, there's no issue with that. So. Um, and that's one thing, like, even adding on to that, like when I put that post up whenever that was a few months ago and loads of people messed me saying, geez, fair play to you, I never knew you were struggling. Obviously my close friends knew. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing you don't want to do is what scared me is I don't want people to then treat you differently. Yeah, of course. Because like, well, I suppose my title is depression. I don't even care what it's called. You could mm -hmm. be struggling. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Um, people with anxiety, bipolar, personality disorder, whatever it is. You just need to get a fix or get a handle on it. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't mean like I can't have crack or. Yeah, yeah. Like I noticed in certain places, my friends now it didn't matter, but some people who wouldn't know me as well, they'd be after the post, they'd go, should I slag them or should I not? Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm there going, that's the one thing I didn't want. Okay. And even I'll say it, doing this with you now. Just because someone has depression or they're struggling or they've used substance or whatever they've done doesn't mean they're suddenly like a completely person. different person yeah, to, to sure. your average job. Sure. It just means they have their own different struggles yeah. they have to deal with. Yeah. Um, which is a huge one to let people know. And I know people say breaking the stigma or whatever. I suppose that is an issue. But it's actually how people treat the people who have it. It's yeah. probably, like that is, sorry, that is the stigma and that's what people are scared of. But it's also, I find some people, people like me who might be struggling, 
we'll be explaining it all weirdly and all these fancy words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could, there's not nothing wrong to saying I'm struggling. I need help. But I think it's I think it's very uh, admirable of you to kind of come out and say you're struggling. And you know, obviously, you've taken such a, a long time, and then you broke down with your mum. You were saying, and you know, like even friends of mine that I know that are struggling, it's not the uh, well. Sorry, in my opinion, it's not the constant. How are you? Are you okay? It's just fucking being there. Yeah. You know that kind of way, and it's you know building that trust, I suppose, with people. But like I like I even noticed I even notice people like binge drink, and we all did. Like you know everyone has done it, but they don't actually realize that that's what it is. You know, going out on the Friday Saturday, that's fully binge drinking. You know, and you hear about it now, but I think you know people are saying kind of the negatives about COVID. I think actually in another sense, the positive coming from it is. People are minding their mental well-being massively, and they're getting their fresh air. They're they're willing to talk, and they're willing to talk to people that they actually want to be with, because people are only so close and so far away. But I think it's I think it's huge now the mental well-being of people, and yet speaking and and you know I'm not saying who cares if you're depression, but you're not going to change as my friend. Do you know that kind of way? And I think that's a really important message. You know, if you suffer with something. You suffer with something, and let's help you. Like you said, let's fix it. Yeah. Let's not knock you for something that you can't control. One hundred percent. Yeah. And that's where, to be honest, when you talk about support, like one, there's loads of things. Like, like there's there's so many things I'm getting wrong at the moment as well. This isn't me. I'm not here coming on saying, "Look at me, I'm great." Yeah. I'm. I've screwed up. Even you go on my last ten days. Yeah. I've had two blowouts where I've just decided. I kind of just gave up on looking after myself talking to friends about a few of my issues i let it all build up and then i said screw this i'm going to get pissed i just want to forget about it all and then friends are worried again you ruin people's nights you all back to the start you, but, but the like what was huge was and you're there like never mind the fear of well, what i do last night the medication i'm on and what i'm going through the lows are just horrific okay. i remember like woke up one i don't know what it was like a week ago and i just sat in a dark room for four hours because i was just so low and if that was me a year or two ago, I was gone back in the piss. This time I said, no, you've already screwed up once, don't do it again. But like even just texts from, like I don't know how many sorry texts I've sent. I'm sure there's plenty of people watching you are the same as me. And just even a simple text, Sean, one of my good friends, just texted me back and said, um, was, this was never going to be easy. You've been going well, just get back up on the horse you're grand. Okay. No one's nope. judging. And that alone actually, this only hindsight picking back and that alone actually got me to stage where I just went right come on just get up yeah. I was going to cancel golf on two of my friends I said screw it even if I'm not feeling great go out and do it and you'll yeah. be better for it after yeah. Yeah. but just that simple text can, can give you a boost okay. to get going which is one thing I learned the hard way okay. so I told nobody about my issues I wouldn't talk to anyone I'd have one or two friends who I'd speak to about stuff and that'll be it then you realize as more what i learned in paths is the more support you have around you the easier it is okay. that's the only reason i'm here doing stuff yeah, like yeah. this like for me to even for me to even talk to say you about something yeah. would take a huge leap now i'm kind of at a stage where i'm going well like do i i like if if i'm willing to do this and change at some point not only is it selfish selfishly it's helping me yeah. But it also should help other people to just go like the amount of after my posts on instagram the amount of texts or messages i got saying 
thanks so much, I'm struggling. Yeah. And then I went, geez, I, I wouldn't have known that person's struggling. Yeah. Or just like Pat's, I saw people I'd know in, in rehab. And I said, one day I asked the fellow I know, you must be visiting someone in here. He said, no, I've been in here about three and a half weeks. And I go, this lad has everything going for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's he doing in here? You so like, you just don't know what's going yeah. on. So, like, for you sitting here right now, you're in the middle of treatment. Yeah. So now I'd be kind of outpatient treatment side. Okay. I'd um, chat to my counselor a bit. I do a bit of stuff online. Okay. Um, and has that changed because of COVID, or is that just yeah? Because so what I was doing was going once a week into Pat's as a every Tuesday for four hours for a depression program. That's where you do therapy and different things to get you going. It's like I, the pro, a big issue of mine. I'm sure other people are the same. Is maybe I was too young, didn't know what was going on, and then I hit it for a good while. Like I did nine years of being depressed before I got it looked after. So my counselor and my doctor basically told me, "You're just going to be live. You'll you're you have to improve, but learn to live with it." Basically, like. You eventually will get to a stage where you're. I might always have a, be prone to a low mood, but I won't be that nasty depression that just wears you down. Yeah. And I've even noticed at times if I get a handle on it, like if I have a horrible low now, instead of, well, most of the time instead of hitting the drink or okay. drugs or putting a big punt on a horse, I nearly allow it happen because I just know I've been told this is just you. And just like someone with arthritis will have sore bones in the morning or okay. walk upstairs, that's just me. Okay. And then you'll and then they'll gradually kind of grow up, grow out of that feeling at that moment or Yeah, so there's different things I do. Probably calling a uh, calling a friend is probably my or I'll lash the earphones on and go walking in U C for half an hour. Okay. Something to just get you Yeah. But yeah, something to get your mind off, but also something I've nearly got to say where I accept it now, so I nearly smile when I get a count. Right now, I know what it is. Okay. So it's nearly like. You can nearly even time it, probably. Yeah, and I kind of can tell when it's coming. Like, so I'll know. There's different things that, like, confrontation with a family member, I'll take worse than I should. Okay. So I won't have a fight at the time, and right. it'll be fine. But I'll there be going in hindsight. I should have said that differently, and then that that might drive or It could be as simple as. If I go out for nine holes of golf and play badly, I'd be very harsh on myself. Maybe they're saying, "Fucking, you used to be able to play this game. Now you're shy." Okay, well. Or I might, it might be, I put on weight since. That's one thing I'm trying to get going is my exercise. But even looking in the mirror, I might go, okay. "You don't like, you know what you used to see was better than that, and that yeah. might get you in a low mood." Okay. Loads of things. Though. So for the person that is struggling in today's world, that you could tell them one message what would it be one message um well definitely open up about it um and if someone told me that back when i was 19 or 20 as i did i would have told them to do one yeah uh, leave me alone but until you open up and like it's i know this real like the common answer open up you'll be fine yeah Definitely, just open up and talk to anyone about it. 
and you'll straight away feel some sort of weight gone off your chest. And then know that it's normal, like it's okay to feel down or whatever. Yeah. Because I used to think, no, why am I down? I shouldn't be down. Yeah. Um, definitely open up. Hopefully this encourages more people yeah. to open up. Um, Absolutely. Well, um, listen, thank you very much for coming on. No you should be very proud of yourself. Thanks for and I'm me. so chuffed that you messaged, messaged me to open up, and that's exactly what the Helping Hand is for. Yeah. It's to normalize things and you know, different scenarios that's going on in people's lives. And this is exactly what we want. So, thank you very much to Ross coming on, and you're fantastic. Thanks and for having me. I hope I help someone in here. Absolutely. Cheers, baby. See you Bye. later.